Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Winning is so much better than losing. <laughs> Overcoming is so much better than being overcome. Uh, the Lord's plan is not for us to be victims. That doesn't glorify God, but for us to be victorious. And the Lord has done everything that needs to be done to purchase our victory and give us uh, the victory. And he's given us as our continual helper and aid, the great Holy Spirit, who is the greater one, the stronger one. And so he has done his part. But we have a part in our victory. The scripture says uh, that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. So there is, our victory is not just all uh, God's job and God's responsibility. There's a manward side to it, which is, you know, why have faith school if it's just all up to God? There'd be no point in it. But if there is a manward side, if there's a human side, then we need to learn our part, and we need to know our part, we need to do our part. And faith is not this mysterious, unknowable thing. It is understandable. You, you, can, uh, you can grow in faith daily. And so that's what the faith school's about. We saved you a seat in the front, get your Bible, something to make a note with, come on into the class, uh, set aside everything else. Don't be allowing, you know, electronic devices and whatever to interrupt you every few minutes. Don't do that. That's, that's disrespectful to the Word. Uh, give the Word your full, undivided attention, and you will see things. You'll get things that are life-changing. Father, all of us agree together as touching this asking you for the anointing that teaches and reveals and helps, asking you, Lord, for answers for today and for right now. You know, you don't have to figure out the answer. You are the answer, and you know what we need to know and say and do exactly now. So we ask for that, and we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, hearers only, but those who will hold fast to what you give us and implement it and be doers of it. And we thank you for watching over your word in our lives and performing it and completing it, working in us and working for us and through us. Thank you, Lord. We say get glory to yourself in every part of our lives. Get glory to yourself. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Why don't everybody say that out loud? Class, say, say, Lord, Lord 
Get glory to yourself. In my spirit. In my body. In my family. In our finances. In our churches. And ministries. And businesses. Get glory. To yourself. Hallelujah. That's That should be our motivation and desire. You, you don't want people just to see you and be enamored with you and impressed with you. If there's something great that has happened in your life, it was God. Is that right? And so he's the one that should get the attention and should get the glory and should get the praise. And so that's what you, you want to be focused on. And, and when, you know, when you do what we're talking about in these classes with your faith and being led, and these kind of things, you're going to have some outstanding results. Not maybe you will, you will have some outstanding results. And when that happens, don't take the glory to yourself. Don't talk about how hard you studied and how long you prayed and how much you fasted. Come on, y'all listening? Don't, don't do that. If you want some more, <laughs> good things to happen. Don't do that. What do you do? You give uh, praise to him to whom praise is due, right? You, you give glory to him who's, uh, to whom glory is due. So say it out loud again to God. Be all the glory for all the good things he has done. Go with me to Matthew, the 20th chapter, if you would, please. Uh, for some weeks now, we've been on the topic of faith for healing. Uh, in the beginning, we spent, I think it was 155 lessons in the book of me, chapter 11 of Hebrews, uh, learning about what faith is and how it comes and how it's released and how it's acted upon and how it grows. And so if you haven't heard that, that's all available to you. Uh, go online, faithschool.org, O-R-G, and, um, you know, Log on and, and watch. won't cost you anything. There's no charge because you need the basics. You know, uh, you need to learn how to count before you're doing uh, multiplication, right? And um, so you need the basics and, and everything we're doing is building on what came before. But then we t we've discussed about how faith, even though it works the same in every area, it must be developed in each area. It's possible to be very strong in faith in one area of your life and be very weak in faith in another area. Uh, I've had people say, well, you know, I have a lot of faith, uh, talking about faith in God. And as you get to talk to them about a specific area they're in need, though, they, you, you, you can hear and see they have no faith in that area. So what do they mean, I have a lot of faith in God? Well, they believe God is real. They believe God is good. They believe God is all-powerful. They believe they're saved. They believe they're going to heaven. They believe their sins are forgiven. And they're really strong about believing that. And they're convinced of that. And that's great. But that doesn't mean you have any faith to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Or it doesn't mean you have any faith to, to receive a healing in your body. So it's not the same just because you got faith in one area. So that's what we've begun to do now. We talked about faith for weeks and weeks. And, and now... We're feeding our faith in the area of healing. And uh, if you uh, haven't needed this, 
you, you want to build yourself up in it so that if you need it in the future or other people that you know need it, you or somebody's going to need this, right? Faith for healing before very long. And you don't want to uh, wait until you need it and you're in a critical situation to start trying to build your faith. Not saying it can't be done, but it's a lot harder than if you'd been feeding it all along. And then later on, we're going to feed our faith in other areas. Uh, healing's not the only area you need faith in. But these bodies, <laughs> oh, need I say more? <laughs> the, the, these bodies, they, are, they hadn't been glorified yet. And when you got born again, it wasn't your body that got born again. It's the inner man. The hidden man of the heart became a new creation in Christ and old things have passed away. But not your body. I mean, your body is still mortal. It is still subject to aging and all the things that go with that. And so you need some help, right, from time to time. And your friend's going to need some help. And with God, nothing is impossible. I don't care what kind of problem might develop in your body or, or what kind of attack that you might experience. Do you believe God can get you through that and sustain you over that and through that and recover you? His will is healing. Now, sometimes people say, well, if, if, if it was God's will for everybody to be healed, then they'd all be healed. Well, you could say the same thing about being born again. If it was God's will for everybody to be born again, then they'd be born again. Uh, it is his will and they're not <laughs> right so what does that prove just because something's the will of God that does not mean it's automatically going to happen and that's something that a lot of people have stumbled over they're like well no God's completely in control no God is not controlling everybody he's not making everybody's decision for them that is erroneous that's contrary to what the Bible teaches and reveals. Uh, the Lord said on one occasion, He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Anybody, anybody remember what He said after that? You choose. Who's going to choose? Well, if God's choosing for everybody, then that, how do you understand that? That He says, you choose. No, He really has given us a completely free will. We can choose to do His will. We can choose to rebel against Him. We can choose to receive what He's offering us. Or we can choose to reject what He's offering us. And He's not going to override us and force us to receive from Him. We have a part. We have a, a, a piece of this. And that part includes faith. Our faith. In studying these individual cases, how many times have we seen that Jesus said, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. Why would Jesus put so much emphasis on this? Because that is the determining factor. Religion now, man's religion, has placed emphasis on God. God's power. God's mysterious, unknowable will that you'll be healed if it's God's will. Well, then why didn't Jesus say that? When people got healed, why didn't he say, well, rejoice, it was God's will. 
He could have said that, right? But he didn't say that. What did he say? Your faith, your faith, your faith, as you believed, your faith. Should we emphasize what Jesus emphasized? Should we? You got to watch out about man's traditional ideas, man's religion. It has many times replaced the word of God. Like Jesus said, it's made the word of God of no effect because it's been a replacement. It's a subtle thing that the enemy does. He'll even, you know, quote scriptures and misquote scriptures and and twist things and, and try to apply things where they don't fit to get you to get away from what the Lord actually said and what he actually did. And so, um, you know, there's a, uh, a phrase you'll hear sometimes people say, well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And then there's sometimes conjecture about what that might be. I'm not knocking that, but I'd like to say this. What did Jesus do? Right? Because there's no conjecture about that. We got a book, right? That tells what did he do? What did he say? That's what we should camp on. We should, we just own that all the time. And if you want answers to healing, what's his will about healing? What's our part in it? What's the best thing to do? There are some 20 individual cases recorded by the Holy Spirit with detail about what was wrong with the person, what they said and did, what Jesus said and did. Why are they recorded for us? Do they apply to us? Do they affect us? So that's why for weeks now we have camped out in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Class, is this okay? Is there a better place to camp out than Matthew and Mark? No, this is it. Don't go wandering around looking for something else. This is where you need to camp out. And what we have seen is recurring uh, themes. We've seen uh, the same things come up again and again and again. And like the scripture said, Uh, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word and everything be established. We're down, like I said, to number 19 in our study, which is the healing of uh, blind Bartimaeus. Uh, In Matthew 20, if you'd look there, and 29, it says, As they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. We've heard both of these phrases before in previous healing accounts, both the Son of David uh, remark and both the have mercy on me. We've heard that and seen that, where other people got healed. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. Well, that was their opinion, (laughs) right? That they should be quiet. And if they had listened to them, this story wouldn't be in the book. Huh? I said, if they had listened to them. And I don't know these people, if they, you know, if they were well-meaning or not, I got to figure part of it wasn't all that, that good. But maybe they thought, well, you know, they're, they're making noise and they're dis disturbing and disrupting. Jesus is coming through and we don't need to bother the master. He's, he's uh, got important business and he can't be delayed. And, well, uh, he is in the business of ministering to people who need it. Well, these guys need it. Is that right? And you got to watch and, and preachers, especially I'm talking to you now and myself, uh, 
don't be short with people on the way to minister to people. <laughs> don't say, well, I don't have time to fool with you because I got to go minister. <laughs> to who? Well, people, the people that, well, what's this? This is a people, right? <laughs> Y'all are laughing. But, uh, you know, and it's the same thing. You don't have to be a preacher uh, if you're a believer, right? Uh-oh, it got quiet in the class here. <laughs> if you're a believer, it's the same thing. Because whether it's walking in love or whether it's being a witness or whether it's having faith, the same principles apply. Um, and you don't want to uh, uh, just live in your own world. You, you can see that with a whole lot of people uh, going and coming. They just act oblivious that anybody else is around them uh, because all they care about is where they're going and what they're wanting to do and everybody else just needs to get out of their way. Well, these people have things they want to do too. Mm-hmm. Everybody around you, they have a life and, and they matter to God, right? And, uh, you know, he loves them too. And he loves them as much as he loves you. Is that right? And they're valuable to him. And you're not more valuable uh, to the exclusion of them. So it, it's really uh, important that we allow the Lord to help us to see through his eyes. It'll cause you to be more kind. It'll cause you to be uh, patient. It'll cause you to uh, not miss opportunities to minister. Because some of the, uh, some of the most outstanding ministry in, in the gospel accounts with Jesus, examples like the woman at the well of Samaria, he was just waiting for him to bring his lunch. Is that right? He's not having a meeting. He's not preaching. He's just waiting there. They they say, we're going to go over here and get something to eat, and they're going to bring back the lunch. And a woman comes to draw water. And so he asked her for a drink of water. And that started a conversation, and, and this revelation that came out about him being the living water, and then a word of knowledge came out about her life, and she got stirred up. She went back to her town, told everybody what happened, and they got all excited. And Jesus came and preached to them, and the whole town got turned around. I mean, just from waiting on your lunch. Right? Waiting on your lunch. Um, that's the way uh, the Spirit of God leads and the way the plan of God unfolds. He doesn't show you everything. He shows you a step to take, a door to walk through. And as you take these steps, then more light comes. And one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. That's the way uh, the Lord leads. And the path of the just is like the shining light. Like you get a little bit of light at daylight, and then it gets brighter. And then it gets, the further you go, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. You see more and more and more of the plan of God. But you won't see it unless you take those first steps. And so we want to be aware of what's going on around us we want, and other people around us. Uh, we don't want to be bogged down 
with needs and cares. I don't mean that. But you don't want to act like you're the only person in the room. Right? Or like you're the only person on the block. Or like you're on the only person on the plane. Or, or whatever it is where you're going. Or uh, Other people have lives too. Other people have things they're wanting to do too. And everybody thinks theirs is the most important. <laughs> right? And that people should get out of their way. But that's wrong thinking. I said that's wrong thinking. And it's people are more important than schedule. People are more important than money. Y'all with me or not? Say it out loud. People are more important than money. They are. Now, you'll find most people don't act like that. And they will run over people. They will push people out of their way. They will backstab people. They will, you know, but that just means uh, you're either not saved or you're not letting the love of God dominate in your life and you're not seeing people the way he sees people because uh, he sees them as valuable, as precious. I remember a, a minister one time saying, and this was decades ago, he, he was saying he was out in a great park in a big city and it was a nice day and he was just uh, enjoying himself. I think he was sitting on a, on a bench just looking around and thanking the Lord for, for things in his life and, and he said the Lord spoke to him in his heart and said, uh, son, what do you see here? What do you see? He's, he looked around he said, well, I, I see buildings, I see, uh, I see cars and Taxis and coming by, and I see a plane, you know, that, that came over. The bus came through, and train over there. And he said, "The Lord said, that's not what I see." He said, "Lord, what do you see?" He said, "I see people in the buildings. I see people in the cars. I see people in the plane. I see people in the train. That's a difference, isn't it? It sounds so simple, and yet." Uh, why? Because in a short time, those buildings are not even going to be here anymore. Right? Those planes and cars and everything, you know, all, all, every, everything on the planet is going to, physically wise, going to be gone. But human beings are eternal souls. And they, the, the Bible talks about that nobody can save a soul or pay the price for a soul that the value of a soul ceases forever. There was nothing in the universe valuable enough to buy or redeem human souls except the precious blood of the Lamb. That was the only thing. Nothing else was valuable enough to do it. The scripture says, and Peter said, you were not redeemed uh, with silver and gold. But, in other words, there's not enough money to buy a soul. Not enough trillions. <laughs> but the precious blood of the Lamb, the life is in the blood. And the life of God Himself is in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's why it's called precious. The pre precious means exceedingly valuable. Valuable beyond calculation is the 
the value of the blood of the lamb. And that's why he, he had to shed his blood. He had to give his blood. And then the blood was brought to heaven and on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it has, that blood has purchased us. That blood has redeemed us, has bought us back from the bondage and death of sin and has bought us out of captivity to darkness and the evil one. We were enslaved to that servitude, but now we've been given our freedom. That's what redeemed means. Redeemed, the very language is like a, a slave who was bought and set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And nothing could buy us. Nothing could do that for us. Nothing except the precious blood. Oh, somebody say the precious blood. The precious blood. Well, that blood didn't just buy us. It bought other people too. Is that right? It bought other people. And those people are valuable. Those people are precious. Why are we saying all that? Well, Jesus is on his way for important business. Is that right? Important ministry. And yet these two uh, blind beggars on the side of the road that these other folks found a nuisance. Huh? A nuisance. And you know, you got to watch about just walking by people and you've seen them there 500 times and you don't notice them anymore. And, but the Lord noticed them. I said the Lord noticed them. When they cried out, that's important. They didn't just sit there silently. They cried out. And we know they had faith because later in the account it talks about how that uh, Jesus said, your faith made you whole. And their faith was what was motivating them to cry out to start with. Because if you don't believe something's going to happen, you'd just sit there quiet. Right? And especially if, if, if you know... 50 people came down on you and told you to shut up, <laughs> right? Unless something was really motivating you, you'd shut up. You'd go, okay, all right, sorry, sorry. But no, so why would they just keep on crying out, crying out? Because they believe something can happen on their side of the road here today. They believe it. They're convinced of it. Hallelujah. And that faith call, that faith cry stopped Jesus. The, the Greek says he stopped and stood still. Well, I guess the whole entourage had to stop there. Is that right? <laughs> what caused Jesus to stop and stand still? A cry of faith. A cry of mercy. Hallelujah. I believe it was Brother Smith Wigglesworth, they said, was reported to have said, there's something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people to get to you. Mm -hmm. You might say, well, aren't those people important too? That's what we've been talking about. Well, then why uh, not do it for everybody the same? Because uh, faith is the factor. God has determined that he has said it. It's not just because you need something. It's because you believe something. And our time's up in faith school today. <laughs> Aren't you glad we can come back tomorrow? We can come back tomorrow. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith 
giving glory to God. Well, uh, come back with us uh, tomorrow. Let's pick up on this, maybe finish reading our text, you know. But uh, till then, be kind to people and notice everybody around you and let God minister through you his love and care and value for them. We'll see you again soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.